Paul Spiegelman, the man replied, shaking Harry's hand. His eyes were still on Marissa. This is my partner, Mel Abbott. Spiegelman nodded his head at the man at the adjoining desk. Abbott, who looked about thirty, twenty or so years younger than his partner, stood and shook Harry's hand. And this is, Abbott said, gesturing at Marissa. My agent, Marissa Leterre, Harry said immediately, regretting it. He was more nervous than he suspected he would be, and the words just came out. The partners managed not to roll their eyes at that. There was a second round of handshakes. Let's get down to business, shall we, Spiegelman said, gesturing at the two red leather chairs facing the desks. Spiegelman was a fit fifty, compact and thin, with probing hazel eyes that looked through Elvis Costello glasses, an angular jawline, a sharp nose, and a crooked but ingratiating smile. He was dressed in a gray, light-wool pinstripe suit, and his accessories were all silk and gold. To Harry, Paul Spiegelman smelled of Yale Law School and twenty years at a New York firm, a big New York firm. He was definitely a lawyer or a money man. In the business, they were sometimes one and the same. Mel Abbott, on the other hand, was a Hollywood hyena, all lean and hungry looks. Harry would have to keep an eye out for him. The part, Harry said, unable to contain himself any longer. What about the part? Where are my lines? Lines? Abbott asked, seemingly confused. Spiegelman waved a calming hand at his partner. I'm afraid you misunderstand, Harry. This isn't that kind of part. Christ, I knew it. He jumped out of his chair. What is this? Listen, I, Harry, Harry, please, sit down. Relax. Let me explain. Spiegelman kept his voice even and reassuring. But what Harry found most reassuring were the two bundles of crisp rubber-banded bills the older partner was pushing across the top of his desk. That's ten thousand dollars there, Harry. Now it was Marissa Leterra's eyes that got big. Harry's weren't exactly squinty either. It was all Harry Garson could do not to reach out and snatch the money. Instead, he sat back down and tried not drooling over the notions of what he could do with that much cash. Visions of cheese fries and hookers, a lot of hookers, danced in his head. Marissa decided to take her role as an agent to heart. So what are you gentlemen speaking about here for my client? It's more theater than film work, though it's a little bit of both, frankly, Abbott said. We want Harry to play the part of an Indian, Spiegelman added. We need him, and only him, for the part, and this ten grand is only a down payment. Suddenly the buzz all came back into Harry's bones, and he was rushing harder than the junkie who had just gotten fixed with the purest skag on earth. He was barely thinking of the money anymore. It was about the role. He was so juiced by the thought of being in front of the cameras again, he nearly broke into one of those stupid war dances he'd done in fifteen movies and on almost every episode of Crazy Cavalry. But I'm still not hearing what the role is exactly for Harry, Marissa persisted. 